0: Okay, this is Lenny D'Angelo, Uh slave to comfort. The impending doom of environmental catastrophe. How responsible consumer capitalism is a lot like a fair diet and a society ruled by greed and comfort cannot rule by force. These are things that are on my mind <laughs> lately. A uh, real deep shit on her mind, to to quote a a lyric from a wonderful band called the New Radicals from the 90s. It was a one-shot, one a one-shot band. Uh, I had real deep shit on my mind for a while because I think uh, the world is sort of in a weird place, in a flux. And maybe maybe it's always been like that, but I'm tuned in especially to it right now. And I can't seem to tone myself out, so here we go, dealing with some of this. Ah, uh, slave to comfort is something I've been thinking about quite a bit, quite a bit, and I probably have a, a whole uh, manifesto about this, but uh, at the moment I'm just sort of using it as a jumping off point for discussion of, or uh, or, or uh, sort of uh, hashing out of uh, the idea of the impending doom of environmental catastrophe. Now we've all been living For the past, I don't know, decade, ever since the 90s, actually, when I heard that hairspray was causing a big hole in the ozone layer. That's the first talk I remember of uh, other than pollution, which which was always discussed in the 70s. Pollution was a big deal. uh, But in the 90s, there was a whole concept of, you know, you know, we've really screwed up the earth from space. And therefore, uh, you know, water world is going to happen. Waterworld, fantastic movie. Uh, really, uh, before Al Gore came up with his thing, yeah, Waterworld, everybody—that was—that's uh, how it's gonna go. And we're all gonna have gills and be fighting over the last oil tanker, and that's that. That is—that is our future, everybody. It, impending environmental catastrophe is sort of uh, hanging over this generation. <clears throat> and I think it's going to be very interesting to see the generation that grows up with that because I was part of the generation that grew up with the uh, Cuban missile crisis and the the Cold War era and uh the idea of uh of nuclear weapons showering down upon us at any time it was in everything you know and 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 living under that that uh that cloud was an interesting thing and it created very interesting art uh, the and and it created a very interesting mindset. Now, unfortunately, some of those same people can't wrap their wrap their head around uh, uh, other forms of of environmental world destruction. The same people, which is funny, because we all grew up with the idea of world destruction caused by human hands, and yet we can't wrap our head around uh, around this very different and su- more subtle kind. Well, I've been living under the shadow of this lately and I'm having a hard time tuning it out like other people seem to be doing. I, I can't deny that it seems a very uh, stark reality to me and an and, and, uh, irrevocable, uh, no, just a, 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 a sort of... a what have I tried like it's gonna happen whether we do anything about it or not and it concerns me and it concerns me even more that when you say something like well the world is doomed and we can start trying things that people wouldn't instead of saying yeah we should probably try things people will go nah I'm good everything's fine look look this is just how it is. The world goes through a, a period of impending doom every 20 years. It's fine. Don't worry about it. There ain't no reason to get worked up about it. I'm going to go buy a new car. Uh, this is how we think, uh, at least in, in the United States. And it's an interesting uh, way to think, in my opinion. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because I can, I can barely stop thinking about this. And the problem with it is that, it, it, that when you start thinking about it, what it, what it means to change uh, behaviors in such a way that we can definitely make an impact on the the damage we're doing, uh, that, those changes are very extreme. And uh, I know why people resist it in that way because the the idea of changing is always uh seems very difficult and why is it so difficult to consider changing i think it's because we're all slaves to comforts and uh especially in the united states this is my perspective this is my uh, place of origin here uh, i'm orienting myself from this uh, lens through this lens from this pl- i don't know mixing all my metaphors uh Because I'm a United States citizen, I grew up in this particular time. I grew up in a time of excess, and I grew up in a time of of need. Interesting, right? But nobody seems... Nobody from my generation seems to have learned that lesson. Uh... And nobody from my generation seems very willing to change. And there are a lot of people who want to make change. And a lot of people on the other side fighting against it. Interesting. And I don't, un- I don't see any reason to be motivated not to do something about an impending environmental catastrophe. Other than it's going to require something of you that is uncomfortable. And here's the rub. Because we're all a slave to comfort in this country, I think. And I'm not trying to get political, I'm really trying to think about this. Because I'm no better than anybody else, I'm a slave to comfort as well. I'm driving in a car right now to work. My work is probably 20 minutes away by car, an hour and a half away by bus. The bus is probably more socially responsible way to get to work. But it takes an hour and a half, and I want to be comfortable, so I don't do it. Is that right? Of course it's not right. It's wrong. It's the wrongest thing in the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm a hypocrite for even saying anything. about But I should be on the fucking bus. Sorry. Sorry. I should be on the bus or I should be on a bicycle. Bicycle makes the most sense. I would get, you know, fix this ass of mine while I'm getting to work. But no. Instead, I'm going to sit here in my, uh, I don't know, my old jalopy and drive to work. And here we go. And I'll be there in 20 minutes and I don't have to think too much about it. Well, there are a lot of places in the world where that's not an option. We have the option here because we set it up for ourselves. And so we're all slaves to that to that comfort that we've created. This bubble of comfort that we've created for ourselves. We're all slaves to it. How does it relate to environmental catastrophe? Well, our comforts are stripping the world of everything that it has. We're like... Uh, we're like a bunch of pilferers uh, breaking into a building in downtown Detroit to rip the copper out of the walls before they, before they demolish the joint. That's what we're doing. we got to get the copper out of the walls. Now, that's not a good analogy at all. Uh, whatever. It's, it, our comforts are hurting other people. They're hurting the environment. And we know it. And we don't want to admit it. Because admitting it means that we don't get to be comfortable anymore. We might have to walk some places. We might have to eat, uh, eat differently and, 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 and change. Uh, I watched a video recently that was extreme. And it was a guy who was basically saying uh, something similar to what Jesus said years ago. That, that their love of money is the root of all evil. And he gave very practical examples of why. I'm convinced that he was correct. But money is really a side effect of another thing, and, that the, and the side effect of what? Comfort maybe, or uh, power, or uh, earlier I, I made the connection between progress and money. I don't know what it is, I don't know why we need money, I don't know why we spend money, I don't know why we're not all happy with status quo, even though we're, most of us are pretty comfortable. But it's complicated, I get it. Okay, so we live in a consumer capitalist society. And consumer capitalism, this man argued, is destroying everything. I cannot disagree with him. Now, what, what are the alternatives? That's not for me to say. I'm not that smart. But uh, it, it does raise a question or two about how we do what we do and why we do what we do. Consumer capitalism has to do with personal uh, wealth acquisition and, and, and personal comforts. I could make the argument that it all comes back to how comfortable we are. How much money you have is directly related to how comfortable you are. Absolutely true. Everybody knows this. We, we may not have put it into those words or those terms, but think about it. I mean, the more money you have, who said this? Oh, God, I wrote this quote down. I believe. I believe. But I will uh, revise if I'm incorrect. I believe this was uh, from Less Than Zero by Bret Easton Ellis, no I'm revising. I think it's Chuck Palahniuk from Diary, uh, said that uh, the—yes, uh, that's what it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote this <laughs> poorly, that uh, money allows you to remove yourself from, uh, from uh, all forms of discomfort, Whatever. Having money allows you to, to uh, be in a position where you can float above certain forms of discomfort that other people cannot. Uh, people will take the bus to work because they can't afford it. And they're going to spend an hour and a half on a train or a bus because they don't have a choice. And those of us who do have a choice would choose not to do that. And there you go. Money creates a bubble of comfort. And we can all live in that bubble as long as we got enough money. And the more money you have, the bigger your bubble, I suppose. You fill your bubble with crap. And then you can get a storage unit and fill that with crap too. And that's what money does. So, what's the point? How does that relate to the environment? Well, I'm thinking about why we have so much stuff. And why we're creating and producing and consuming so much stuff. And it's because all that stuff makes us comfortable, or at least we think it will. And then we got to have more of it, and, and obviously there's a cycle there, and there you go. So that's consumer capitalism. Is socialism better? I don't know. Only in, a, only in an ideal scenario. Only in theory. I don't know what's better. I'm not, I'm not smart enough for that. All I know is that there is a, is a true evil in consumer capitalism. And it may be a necessary evil. I don't know. It's up to economists to argue that for the rest of the fucking history of the world. Anyway, uh, why is so? The idea of consumer capitalism seems unavoidable now. But then, people who want to protect the environment and think about these things deeper than others will say we need responsible consumer capitalism. And I'm going to make the argument that responsible consumer capitalism, whatever that means. Is more like a fair diet. Now, hear me out. A fair diet. The idea of a fair diet is I'm fat or I'm unfit, excuse me. I am not healthy. I'm not a healthy weight. There we go. My doctor said I got to drop a few pounds in order to be a healthy weight, according to the doc. And so, what I need to do is lose some weight. Okay. Now, this is not a new experience. Everybody goes through this at some point in their life, right? They want to lose some weight, but people don't want to do it the way that is the most simple. And the way that's the most simple to lose weight is just eat less and exercise more. There you go. Everybody knows that's the only way to lose weight. However, there's a whole billion dollars industry of, of getting people to lose weight without doing those two things. It's incredible. And why? why? Why would you want to lose weight when you know the answer is very simple and you, you're not willing to do those two things? Why would you even consider losing weight? Well, be, because we want to have our cake and eat it too. Which, apropos to losing weight, uh, I want it. So I'm going to get a Weight Watchers cake instead of a regular cake. And then I can have my cake and eat it too. No, that's not how that that analogy works. Uh, they, it's, I want to eat the cake and not get fat. All right, not as not as poetic, but there you go. Uh, I'm all over the place. Consu- responsible consumer capitalism is like fat diet. We know the only way to reduce our impact on the world is to cut down, right? Just like the only way to get to get fit is to to eat less. And exercise more. This is the only way to solve our our environmental our impending environmental doom, is to change. And the change is going to be consume less. That's it. The answer's always been right in front of us. I mean, drive less. You know, eat less. Buy less. All of it is simple. It's so simple, but. But that would require an amount of discomfort. I, I think all the time we had a drought out here in California, Southern California, right? So, uh, in order to get past the drought, people had to let their lawns die and uh, and take shorter showers. Pretty simple stuff. Not run the water when you're brushing your teeth. All that's you know, just the stuff you should be doing anyway. But uh, instead. Instead, they had to be legislated because nobody would do that because we can't stare at a brown lawn and we can't uh, take a short shower in it because it's uncomfortable. Apparently, it's uncomfortable. So the governor's got to step in and make a law and then everybody gets fined and then the police have to monitor it and whatever, whatever. You build up a whole infrastructure around getting people to do the right fucking thing. And it's interesting. It's interesting that... uh, Responsible consumer capitalism is very, very similar to that. All you got to do is stop buying a new car every two years and stop uh, driving your SUV and stop, uh, start taking a bus or riding a bike or do a walk into the store or, uh, you know, eating at home, eating less, eating less of this and that, watch where your products come from. All that stuff is, called, is responsible consumer capitalism. And if you want to take it to an extreme, you're Amish. God bless the Amish. I'm joining you any day now, friends, brothers and sisters. Uh, But much like the fair diet, uh, doing those things is very uncomfortable. And taking it to an extreme, the kind of extreme we would have to take it to to actually change this impending doom, uh, is the most uncomfortable. And it's going to require an entire uh, society reprogramming itself in the way it thinks. Now I'm talking about you, America. You know who you are. You don't want to change anything. You're very happy with you- yourself the way you are. <sighs> Except you don't like being fat now. And you want to be thin. But God forbid I stop going to get yogurt. Or whatever it is. Frozen yogurts. fro yogurt. To use the terms of my youth, um, I want a I zero calorie froyo. I don't want to stop eating froyo. That's what it is. That's where we're at with the environment. That's where we're at with our government policy. We want it all. And, and uh, responsible consumer capitalism is just another expression of that same human condition that we're in, right? The contemporary human condition, whatever it is, wanting it all, wanting it all. It's interesting. And I don't know where we're at with that. I don't know how to make peace with that. Because I'm the same way. I'm here uh, in my car doing, doing the same things I'm, I've always done and having my conscience bothered by it, but not knowing, but not being willing to take the plunge. And this is much like, well, uh, I could throw this all in the Christian's face because it's much like what Jesus asked them to do, which is uh, drop everything and follow me. And following you means I don't get to do all these other things that I'm doing. Right? Okay. And then the Christians will argue against the environment and that's a whole other friggin' topic. Why am I getting into that? Uh, so, okay. Whatever, whatever. So our government pulled out of an environmental uh, treaty recently that uh, raises a lot of questions about what our government's doing. And I, I probably will come back to this topic because it's interesting. What that means is that our, our government will not be legislating environmental issues the way that it did before. And uh, we'll not be prioritizing environmental issues in, in legislation, right? And in, in, it won't be enforcing environmental protections the way that it did. We've pulled out of that stuff because we, gotta, we have a president that has questionable uh, ethics and, and uh, motivations. Uh, I take comfort in that in one way. Because for everybody to get up in arms about what the government does and does not legislate, you have the power, everybody, because a society ruled by greed and comfort cannot rule us by force. We're not in a country where they will come to your door and make you do this or that. They're not taking your paycheck from you. Well, in a way they are, but they're not taking your paycheck from you and distributing it among other people, which is a different argument. Uh, So you have some level of control over what the government does, because if you don't like that a company dumps Toxic waste into the rivers. Do not buy from that company. If you don't like that the company goes over and buys water from other places so they can stick it in plastic bottles and sell it in 7-Eleven. Do not buy that water. That's all you got to do. I mean, we have the power to change. We have the power to put them all out of business. The government could regulate them out of business or we can put them out of business. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by changing the way we consume and, and, and and thinking about what we do. Uh, before we spend our money, we think about where that money goes. And the government could legislate all that. The government could force the companies to spend their money differently, force the companies to in- enforce environmental regulation, or or the very powerful people of the country could put those companies out of business. We cannot control what our dumbass president does at this point. He's out of control. But we can still spend our, or not spend our money. And those things are very powerful. Uh, because our society at this point is ruled by greed. And comfort. And if you're willing as a, as an individual citizen to not be greedy. And not have your comforts. You can destroy the whole fucking infrastructure. With, with uh, a little effort. I mean... So, when I get angry at the government lately, I think about this instead. Because I'm, we're sort of all impotent about... Uh, this is all... Uh, we don't have any c- control over that anymore. I mean, I, we already voted and all that. If, you, if if things turn out the way you didn't want. Now, if things turn out the way you want, you're not even... You're not on my side about this. But, uh, anyway, I, I've been thinking about that. How to not be a slave to comfort. So that I can take back control of... Uh, these things that concern me. Uh, I think they're directly related in a way. In and in a, in a, it may be a big way. Uh, obviously, I'm just one person. But, uh, well, I never had control over everybody. I only had control over me. So, uh, that's about as far as my reach goes. And if I do nothing uh, about the things I do have control over, I can't really expect different from my society... Oh, real deep shit on my mind. New radicals, everybody. Go look them up. Great album. Really great album. Even the B side's pretty good. Alright. Uh, okay. yeah, uh, this is Leonard Angelo. Uh, closing another rant. Okay. Uh,